Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. We're glad you're with us. We have a lot of football to talk about coming up. We'll talk about the Colts with Matt Taylor. Talk a little college football, a lot of that going on today. Right now, though, the man is going to catch you up on all things football. The star of our show, it's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Coach Lovell. It has been a very busy day of college football around the state. I also want to thank Parker Webster for being along the ride with us tonight here in downtown Indianapolis. Starting at the Division One level, Ball State Cardinals began their season this weekend, specifically this afternoon. They traveled to Lexington to take on the Wildcats' 44-13 loss for Ball State. Caden Simonza, he was 15 of 21 for 165 yards and a passing touchdown for the Cardinals. Their rushing attack struck. Struggled. They ran the ball 41 times for 72 yards. That's an average of 1.8 yards per carry. On the other side of things for Kentucky, uh, they ran the ball 20 times for 116 yards and two touchdowns. North Carolina State transfer Devin Leary in his debut with the Wildcats, 18 of 31, 241 yards, a touchdown, and one interception. It does not get any easier next week for Ball State. In fact, it gets harder. They travel to Athens. They take on the Georgia Bulldogs. They are the top-ranked team in all of college football. They will face them next Saturday. The Butler Bulldogs went to Montana. They lost 35-20 to this afternoon. They will face Taylor at home for their home opener next week at 1 o'clock. The Indiana Hoosiers, they welcome the third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes down in Bloomington. 23-3 loss for Tom Allen's crew against the Buckeyes. Brendan Sorsby and Taven Jackson split time at the quarterback position for Indiana, and they struggled. 9 of 21 for 82 yards passing for both combined redshirt freshman quarterbacks. As a whole, Indiana ran the ball 33 times for 71 yards and had 153 total yards of offense. They will face Indiana State on Friday night next week at Bloomington at 7 o'clock. Speaking of the Sycamores, they lost last night, or should I say two nights ago now, they lost Friday night or Thursday night to Eastern Illinois. The Panthers got them 27 to nothing, and they spoiled the home opener for the Sycamores. Like I just said, they will go to Bloomington to face IU on Friday, 7 o'clock click from Memorial Stadium. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Some good news in terms of college football in the state. They picked up a win today. They are 2-0 and in week one. It's kind of wild to say. Uh, they defeated Navy last week in Dublin. This week at home, they defeated Tennessee State, the Tigers, 56-3. to Sam Hartman threw two games, has six passing touchdowns. He's only thrown seven incompletions, and he's tossed for 445 yards. Audric Estime, 13 carries, 116 yards, and a rushing score for the Fighting Irish in today's win. And as a team, they rushed for 221 total yards. 
collectively. Next week, they will travel to Carolina State, and that kick is at noon for their first road game of the season. The Purdue Boilermakers, they opened Rossade Stadium with some new renovations to the Fresno State Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs spoiled those renovation and the jam-packed house at Ross Aiden West Lafayette. 39-35 win for the Bulldogs. Hudson Card in his debut, 254 yards passing, two touchdowns. Devin Mockaby had 60 yards on the ground and one rushing score. Tyrone Tracy had a rushing and a kickoff return for a touchdown. Next week, the Boilers will travel to Virginia Tech and take on the Hokies. That is a noon kick. In Division Two, University of Indianapolis grounds. They welcomed the Hillsdale Chargers to Key Stadium in Indianapolis. 39-20 win for the Greyhounds. Gavin Suckup in his debut, 326 passing yards, three passing touchdowns for UND. They will face Wayne State from Key Stadium at the campus of the University of Indianapolis Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. In Division Three. Anderson defeated Trine 61 or Trine defeated Anderson tonight 61 to 0. They'll face DePaul next week. DePaul, they defeated Rolls Holman on the road 33 to 21. They will face Anderson in at home, one o'clock kick. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Got a lot of football to talk about. A lot of football. Eddie Garrison joins me. Hello, Eddie. How's it going, Coach? You know what? It's going great. How are you? So, um, here's what I think, Eddie. I think we have a lot of football to talk about. So, if I'm an IU fan, um, yikes. I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. Um, and if I'm a Purdue fan, um, I'm really disappointed. We lost to a Mountain West team at our place. And yikes. And we we just need one stop, and we can't get it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Hudson Card can play. I think everybody's, you know, you're excited about that, and you should be, but your ground game is lacking right now. So uh, that's a little bit of an issue. Yeah, they were down. I think they're down to their fourth string standing right now, and they're missing one of their other offensive linemen. So they just got to get healthy right. on, on that offensive line. And once they get healthy, I right. think that offensive line will start to perform better. And next thing you know, you'll see Devin right. Mockaby. Uh, he had still a solid game. He had 60 yards rushing on 16 Yeah, attempts. he did. No, he did. He really did. But I just didn't feel like they committed to the run enough early. I felt like they were trying to get Hudson Card in rhythm with – uh, the the wide receivers and it was a lot of pass right. early. They just couldn't really get the run game going until it was later, and by that time it was just too late. Well, yeah. So now, yikes! Enter the Sandman. You got to head yeah. down there and deal with that. Oh yikes! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Virginia oh, Tech oh is my. one of the uh, atmospheres I would not want to go play in if I'm uh, a road team for sure. Uh, especially an zero and one road team. Yeah, I think the only way it could get worse is if this game was like a, a night game at like 7. Good thing it's at noon because once uh, when you get that crowd all riled up and the student section going crazy when you start playing inner sandman at night, you know, you have a lot of time to pre-game. And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. There is there is that. All right, Eddie. So tell me, um, Colts next week. Mm-hmm. You, you you're you're wired into that. You you're much more wired into it than I am. So uh realistically, uh what do you think this team can achieve this year? I think 
it's hard to gauge in terms of what you're trying to look for for achievements. Right. I think the biggest achievement uh, is just Anthony Richardson and how he develops week right. to week, game to game. Um, and then right. additionally, how does you know how does Michael Pittman Jr. look in a contract year? How does Alec Pierce right. look? Right. And your number two is Josh Downs, the uh, the the slot receiver that the Colts hope that he can be that third down guy that you can go to underneath. Uh, to get some some yards on five six short yardage situations when it's third down. How does Shaq Leonard look? Like, there's a lot of storylines to monitor here uh, with the Colts, and right. I think one thing you're looking forward to, if you're a Gus Bradley and a Colts fan, and specifically on that defensive coordinator spot, uh, how do your young corners progress throughout the course of the season? So there's a lot of things that the Colts are going with. They're one of the youngest teams in the National Football League. Uh, they don't have a single player over the age of 30. Right. So the achievement of this year, I think, wholeheartedly is just development of your young guys and committing to it. I didn't realize they were that young. Oh, yeah. That's kind of an astonishing number. Yes, I think they're the second or third lowest team. Um, they're very young, very, very young. And one of their 30-year-olds who just turned 30 is their long snapper, Luke Rhodes. The other 30-year-old uh, is Ryan Kelly, the center. Well... That's why they play them, my brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> we shall we shall find out. Now, your Greyhounds with a W today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got off to get off to a good start. Uh, th- so they, they they did they did well. Matt Taylor joins me. Let's talk a little Colts. Matt Taylor, I'm glad you called. Glad you called. Indeed, as always, as always. What's going on, Bob? How are you? Uh, I am just trying. Uh, you know what? I want you to hang on. This is horrible radio, but you've known me for a while, worked with me, so you're used to this. <laughs> you're used to the horrible radio. So uh, with me, hang on. I, we will come back and talk about the Colts, but hang on if you can. I appreciate you calling me. We'll be back with Matt Taylor talking about the Colts on Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's recap some of the Major League Baseball games that have occurred today slash this evening. The Cincinnati Reds, Chicago Cubs, 2-1 final with the Reds defeating the Cubs. The Reds were scoreless until the bottom of the ninth inning. Ellie De La Cruz singled that scored the new Red, Harrison Bader. The bases were loaded for Hunter Renfro, another new acquisition the Reds made with him being waived by the L.A. Angels earlier in the week. Had the bases loaded with one out, and he beat out a ground ball to shortstop Dansby Swanson. The throw to sec- from second to first, not in time, and the Reds win 2-1. to one. Sam Maul gets his first win of the season, and a Reds uniform. Mark Leiter Jr. was charged with the loss for Chicago. The Cleveland Guardians, they walk off the Tampa Bay Rays. They had to score one in the bottom of the ninth inning. Stephen Quam singled that scored Miles Straw. And then in the bottom of the 11th, it was Stephen Quam again. He had a sacrifice fly that scored Bo Naylor. Guardians topped the Rays 7-6. The Detroit Tigers... They shut out the Chicago White Sox as they scored a touchdown and a field goal. They win 10 to nothing. They get six runs 
in the first two innings. Reese Olsen went seven innings. He picked up his third win of the season for Detroit. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Pirates have just gone final from Bush Stadium. It's a 7-6 win for the Buccos. They scored two runs in the top of the ninth inning to go down 6-5. So winning 7-6. to six. Palacios hit a two-run home run that scored Andrew McCutcheon. They'll wrap up their three-game series tomorrow afternoon looking for the sweep. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. We're so glad you could join us. We're glad you joined us last night, too. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. We're honored to have the voice of the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Taylor, join us. Matt, how are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? You know what? You know how this is. At my age, I'm just glad to be here. I'm happy to be here. Hope I can help the ball club. You know, one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I've told you that story, haven't I? When my grandson, Jack, was playing Little League Baseball, and he was, I don't know, nine, ten years old, right? So he was playing up in in Broad Ripple. And uh, I, I go and I watch him. And, and uh, I tell my daughter after, I, they had a, like a Saturday game. So I go up there and I said, look, I want you to have Jack call the show later on tonight. Yeah. And she's going, what? I go, yeah. have him call the show. And she, and I said, before you do it, I said, I want you to, I want you to sit down, YouTube uh, Bull Durham, and you and do the scene, and, and no, this is my my hand to God. This is a true story. You do the scene where, and and Crash is talking to Nuke and saying, tell him how he has to handle press conferences. You know, I'm just right, happy to right, be right. here. Hope I can help the ball club that. So my grandson Jack, nine year old Jack, calls his first appearance <laughs> on air. I have it on tape, thank God. And I said, all right, Jack, great game today. How did it feel? And he said, he you know he calls me my grandfair my grandparent name is Grand Bob. He goes, Grand Bob, I'm just happy to be here. Hope I can help the ball. Goes through the speech. I mean, has it down pat, and I'm howling. I mean, I'm howling. I have tears in my eyes. I'm so I'm so, so happy. So you oh, know, man. that's my story. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Hope I can help the ball club. Hope I can help the ball club. That's just that's it. Crash <laughs> Davis right there sitting on the bus. You know, they're going from from Durham to you know wherever, right. sitting there with a notepad out. Write this down. He says this is boring. Right. Exactly. exactly. Right. It's supposed what? to be boring. <laughs> One of the all-time great scenes. All right, so now a week from tomorrow, all your dreams are coming true. You finally get a chance to call a game. Wow, hundred percent. I mean, it's funny you say that because you talk about your your nine year old grandson way back when. My my six year old daughter was asking me uh, what the Colts record was, and I said, "Well, they haven't they haven't they haven't played yet." I said they, right. haven't, they haven't played. Well, good yet. luck on that. Said, what, what, what are you talking about? She goes. She goes. You were just in Philadelphia for four days, and they played the Eagles, and they won. And I said, "Well, yeah, kind of." I said, "Yeah, you know, to a six-year-old trying to explain the preseason is kind of right. tough." Yeah, so, so yes, She's, I mean, listen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good thing is, she's going to be an attorney. So seriously, yeah. she's smart. Yes. <laughs> she's yes, she she's is. interrogating you, and she's six years old. I love this. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I mean, I say it all the time. Like the month of August is like its own season. You know, it's it's 
you got yeah. 90 man rosters and preseason games and training camps and commuting to, to, to Westfield for camp. Um, you know, so, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like yesterday was the first month of, or the first day of September. And I kind of breathed a sigh of relief that, you know, the August was over. Um, and, and so now, you know, they got the 53 man roster. You got this weird week where you got the one week between the end of the preseason and the regular season. I, yeah. I mean, to say that I to say that I am ready for regular season football is probably an <laughs> understatement. Everybody else is in the same boat. I completely understand that. But yes, the month of August is it's it's challenging, but you know that's that's the reward of um, you know getting through all of that and and then getting to uh, you know eighteen weeks of of football and and it's here right. and it's it's not going anywhere. Yeah, hey, I had Greg Rickstraw on earlier, and I. I don't. I'm obviously not as involved in it as you are, or as I should be, actually. But I didn't realize this team is this young. They're incredibly young, are they not? Yeah, they they very much are. I, I saw something yesterday uh, from the Elias Sports Bureau. Uh, the Colts, like the average age of the Colts, is like twenty five point eight years old, and I think they're wow. projected to be the third <laughs> the third youngest team in the NFL. And we're so used to them having, you know, at least a handful of guys over the age of 30 right. um, that are like those those wily veterans, you know, guys you can point to. And it's not like this team doesn't have those guys. But, I mean, Ryan Kelly, who is the longest tenure Colt, he's been on the team since 2016. And Luke Rose, those, those guys are 30 years old. And everybody else is still in their 20s. Um, and you got a mm. you got one of those mm. one of those team, team captains, uh, you know, a guy that's never even played in an NFL game to this point, obviously, and Anthony Richardson. Um, I mean, he's barely 21. He turned 21 back in, uh, you know, mid mid May, I think it was. So right, yeah. There's, right. there's no there's no question this team is going to be, um, you know, very very youthful. Um, not that that's a bad thing, but you know, certainly you know some key areas, uh, you know, on this team are going to be. Um, you know, fresh and looking for experience and, and baptism by fire mm-hmm. and all of those things. So it's going to be fun to see, you know, just what, they, what they've what they got and, um, you know, the, the roles that they're going to play in a lot of positions, obviously quarterback, uh, secondary is pretty youthful and inexperienced. So it, it's going to be fun. Like Christmas Day in the NFL is, is week one, right, because you kind of un- unwrap <laughs> right. your toys. Right. You know, didn't right. see how they perform, and you know, some areas you say to yourself, "All right, we're kind of ahead of the schedule, ahead of schedule here, or we're, we're where, where we need to be here, or you know, where we thought we were kind of strong, we're not so strong in some areas." So you just never know until you play a, a regular season game. You know, the the red jerseys come off with quarterbacks, and right. the sophistic- right. sophistication certainly ramps up, the intensity ramps up. So it's. You know, training camp's one of those things where you, you think you're on solid footing, but you just never, never truly know until week one of the regular season. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, you're going to have that youthful exuberance. There's my term for the night. Being young, and you know how it is, you're, you're going to get an honest-to-God great effort from these guys. There, there's, there, there's no, they're, they're not playing any games. They're not trying to play any mind games. They don't have any agenda. They just want to play. They, they want to get out and fulfill the dream, and they want to play as hard as they can play. And granted, they're going to make mistakes, but you're going to get sincere effort every day out there 
No, you definitely are. I mean, you're going to get that from Anthony Richardson. I mean, my gosh, I would love to be in, you know, in his shoes and, and between his ears, you know, next Saturday night, if you will, going into that first game right. just to be, you know, have, have a clear understanding of just like the amount of excitement, maybe some anxiety to some degree, which I think is normal, but just that eagerness to go out and play and show what he can do considering he's a fourth round, or I should say the fourth overall pick. Um, and I said, you know, the secondary, obviously, you know, there's some youth and experience there with Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. Those guys are taking on much, much bigger roles than they did uh, last season as, as first-year players. Um, one of the kind of the underrated things going into this season I'm going to be watching for, and, and just like every Colts fan hoping for, for health uh, along that offensive line, because I think the O-line – has a chance to be really, really good, and they have mm-hmm. a chip on their shoulder coming off of, of last year. But the health is just everything to that group because, you know, you, you look at the starting five, and I think there's four very much above average offensive right. linemen there. But you look at the depth, they've got five depth pieces along their offensive line, you know, five reserve offensive linemen, Bob, and four of them have never played a game in the NFL in the regular season. <laughs> like, like zero, like none, right. like not, not one single game. So, you know, it's again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You've got a couple of rookies in that mix, and obviously, you know, right. you, you can't do anything about that. I mean, obviously they factor into that, that equation because they, they're, they're first-year players, but that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but – you know, depth is, is something that you're going to be watching for on the offensive sure. line just with the lack of experience, you know, with the guys behind them. But, um, you know, the Jonathan Taylor situation is what it is at running back. So, I, I mean, I, I'm just really, really excited to see what they have on offense um, with the O-line depth and, um, you know, the running back situation. And then, you know, with the, with the skilled players on the outside with Pittman, Pierce, Downs is a rookie as well. Just, again, I go back to that Christmas Day analogy. Yeah, right. Excited to see what what they've got, you know, kind of unwrapping all these toys here. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, next Sunday, the tenth, they take on Jacksonville. Matt, thanks. I know you're just happy to be here, and hope you can help the ball club. And I appreciate <laughs> that from you. I really do. <laughs> That's it. Hope, hoping to help the ball club each and every day, Bob. You know it. <laughs> all right, Matt. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. You too. Thanks a lot. Matt Taylor, he's great at what he does. I love Matt Taylor. I just want you to know. Colts, I didn't realize until I talked to Greg a few minutes ago how young they are. I'm talking with Matt underscores that particular situation. All right, we're going to talk some college football. Talking about IU when we come back. Later on, we'll talk about Purdue opening day from college football. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's examine how some of the top 25 colleges have done today. The Penn State and West Virginia, that's currently in action 31-7, all Nittany Lions. The Alabama Crimson Tide are steamrolling. Middle Tennessee, 49-7. North Carolina, South Carolina, that's a fantastic matchup. It's going on right now. Drake May, 266 yards, passing two touchdowns. 
There's nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. South Carolina just turned it over on downs as they trail 31-17. to 24th ranked Tulane. They are defeating South Alabama by two touchdowns, 31-17. to The Michigan Wolverines got a win this afternoon against East Carolina, 30-3. to The 12th ranked Tennessee Volunteers won 49-13 to over Virginia. The biggest upset of the day. Colorado, they won just a game a season ago, and the Buffaloes have 86 new players on their roster, a new head coach in Deion Sanders. They go on the road to defeat the runner-up last year in the college football playoff, the TCU Horned Frogs, 45-42. Shadur Sanders, the son of Deion Sanders, 510 yards passing. That is a school record four passing touchdowns and here is the part that is just outrageous colorado had four receivers in with over 100 yards receiving travis hunter played both ways played over 100 snaps he had 11 receptions 119 yards and defensively he had an interception that prevented tcu from scoring a touchdown in the third quarter for network indiana sports i'm eddie garrison Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Time to talk IU football. They gave, a, I think, a good accounting of themselves today against Ohio State. Find out more about that. Let's talk with Jack Ankeny. Covers the Hoosiers for HoosiersNow.com. One of the bright, young sports journalists in our state. Hello, Jack. Hey, Bob. How's it going? I just I'm curious. I hope you're, you're you've had dinner, you've had a, an opportunity to have a social life after the game, and I hope we're not interfering with that. Oh no, you're all good, Bob. I'm happy to join. Okay, so see, because you know I don't have a life on the weekends, so <laughs> you understand it, doing what you do. So you understand when you're in our business, right. you give up weekends. I've only done it for yes, thirty sir. years, so uh, plus those twenty-two years I coached, so. All that. All right, so tell me, uh, at times, this Hoosier group got out there and competed, didn't they? Yeah, um, they really did. Uh, you know, 10-3 to 3 at halftime probably, in my opinion, should have been 7-3. to 3. There was that kind of controversial fumble, incomplete pass yeah. call. Um, but, yeah, I kind of walked away with it with some, with some very big positives and – uh, and and also a very big negative. And I guess I'll start with the positives. I felt that that was about as good of a defensive performance as you could anticipate, given the opponent. You know, they allowed right. 23 points. Ohio State comes in; they're typically one of the best offenses in the country. Sure. I know they have a new quarterback this year, but I got a couple stats. So that's 23 points allowed today is the fewest Indiana has allowed against Ohio State since 1993. Okay. They allowed 143 rushing yards, which is the lowest amount of rushing yards in Allen's seventh season. I I didn't look further back, but Allen talked about how, you know, there's been four games where Ohio State has rushed for over 300 yards against Tom Allen defenses, and they cut that in half today. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka are two receivers that are going to be playing in the NFL eventually. Harrison could be a top-five pick. Those two guys combined for 34 receiving yards. So those three stats tell me that Indiana did a really good job in the transfer portal. 
revamping yeah. the defensive line, defensive ends. They have four new, brand new cornerbacks, a handful of new safeties that did really well. And overall, I thought played a, a very strong game I, against Ohio State defensively. I think you kind of could tell them tell that they were wearing down towards the end of the game, and that's probably a, a result of you know the offense not really being able to stay on the field as much as anything. So defensively, I think there's some real real positives that you take from this. Um, and as kind of I wrote after the game, a lot of that's going to go to waste if they can't figure out quarterback which is obviously the most important position at any level. And Indiana played two today, and, and, and neither did particularly well. Um, they're going to play two next week against Indiana State. Um, Tom Allen said this, that's kind of what they decided um, in the preseason, but kept secret until tonight that they're going to kind of give Soresby and Jackson a shot to go against Ohio State and Indiana State and then go from there. Mm -hmm. um, I think we'll also probably see Dexter Williams once he's healthy around midseason. Right. So right. there's a major, major question at quarterback, but I think in terms of skill position offensively and defense, it, it, there were a lot, there were some positives to take from today. Yeah, you know what? The other part of it too, to be must be blunt. You know, you you have an offense. You have a lot of new faces, as you point out. You know, you're, you're unsettled at the quarterback spot, and you're 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 opening up with Ohio State. Uh, and they're they're going to put right. so much pressure on you. You talked about wearing people down. Their their quickness, their strength up front, and you you have to confront that with a group of people. Uh, not you know have a lot of new faces. Plus, again, we all know in in football it all starts with your quarterback. And so if you have uncertainty and inconsistency, you're in deep trouble. Right, you are. And kind of kind of the way I saw both of them today, it seems like Indiana wants to run some sort of triple option type offense, which they did with, with some level of success at the end of last year with Dexter Williams. Um, they tried it on the first play of the game today and, and Soresby honestly looked kind of, kind of lost uh, on the first play. Didn't really know it to how to, how to read it, how to right. decide what to do. Jackson, I thought looked a little bit more decisive in, in some of those option looks. Um, so I'd give him the advantage there. I, I, I would say Soresby was probably they had definitely more confidence in him throwing the ball mm -hmm. just get the his 16 attempts compared to Jackson's five. So maybe he has a slight advantage there, but um, they have a major question to figure out at quarterback because as good as the defense might be and some of the skill players, uh, you know, it's all going to mean nothing if they don't have production at quarterback. Well, again, you know, the positive out of this is you've you, you got a, a defense that seems to be able to play. And, and I think you can be excited about that. Um, you know, they, yeah. um, they did give up, uh, you know, some big plays, but, uh, you know, all in all, especially, especially your defensive backfield play, you have to be pretty pleased with what they did. Yeah, no, I think so. And um, they kind of played a four-man rotation for most of the game at corner with, you know, three of the transfers and then the one redshirt freshman, right, uh, Ari Sharp. And, um, you know, you think of Ohio State, I think it was their touchdown drive that they got a um, uh, the taunting penalty, I think it was, or that might have been a different drive. But the, the one taunting penalty, I think, set up a, a field goal for Ohio State. So there, was, there were some self-inflicted things that the defense did, even given right. its, its strong performance. So, yeah, I think Tom Allen was very pleased with what he saw from the secondary. 
Um, I, I think the defensive line with the transfer they brought in, Andre Carter made a couple huge stops um, kind of in the red zone area, uh, stuffing the run. Um, I think they have, I think they brought in a lot of good talent kind of at those edge positions defensively. And um, yeah, you're not going to see many better wide receiving cores than what Ohio state brings in year in and year out. They have so many NFL players, you know, at receiver now. And um, I think it was, I was impressed with how Indiana secondary played, especially given that, you know, those guys had never really played together. Noah Pierre was pretty much mm-hmm. the only mm-hmm. guy in right. the secondary that has experience in this Indiana defense. So I think that's the positive you can take from this. Jack Ankeny with us. Great writer for HoosiersNow.com talking about IU and Ohio State. All right, so next week, Indiana State rolls in uh, to Bloomington. Uh, important game for the, the Hoosiers. Uh, for a number of reasons. Obviously, you want to feel good about yourselves, feel good about what you're trying to accomplish. You want to pick up a W. And um, hopefully they got through today without any uh, any injuries. That's uh, one thing you fear in that type of matchup is that you don't want to have the wrong people hurt in this kind of game. Yeah, I think they did for the most part. The one to keep – a couple to keep an eye on. Um, Jameer Johnson looks like he, the one cornerback transfer from Texas. He looked like he got shaken up a little bit. Um, and I don't think he came back in the game. He got kind of shaken up there in the second half. Um, Tom Allen said there was some cramping issues with some guys. Um, mm-hmm. Jalen Lewis mm-hmm. kind of hobbled off, which is obviously a big one to keep an eye on. It was hard right. to tell if that was just a cramping thing or – or something more serious, but we'll find out this week. But, yeah, next week should be a good chance for IU to get on track. You know, Indiana State lost 27 nothing to, in, to uh, sorry, Eastern Illinois right. uh, in, in their week one. So, um, you know, it should be a good opportunity to, 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 have, to put the quarterbacks in a position where they can feel themselves having success. Right. And especially right. you want to see him be able to throw the ball through the air because both seem pretty talented in terms of athleticism and being able to move around the pocket. But, um, you know, neither was particularly impressive throwing the ball. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on against against Indiana State, um, just to kind of build some confidence. Because those guys, you know, this is their first real right. experience, and it came against one of the nation's best teams. So. All right, Jack. I appreciate it very much. Jack Ankeny, read his great work on HoosiersNow.com. IU losing to uh, Ohio State today. Jack, thank you. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks so much for doing this. Yep, thanks for having me, Bob. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Coming up, scoreboard update with Eddie Garrison on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's highlight some of the Division Three football scores from around the state for today. The Anderson Ravens took on the Trine Thunder. It was their home opener, and Trine came ready, and the offense was ready as well. Trine wins 61-0 to over Anderson. They will travel to DePaul next week and face the Tigers at 1 o'clock. Speaking of DePaul, they travel to Rolls-Holman. 
this afternoon. They picked up a 33-21 win. Nathan McCahill, 276 yards passing for the Tigers, three passing touchdowns and an interception. Gus Bumgarner had 25 carries for 124 yards and two scores. They will welcome Anderson to DePaul next week, 1 o'clock click, kick. The Franklin Grizzlies took on Olivet, 35-32 loss for the Grizz. Kai Ross, 301 yards passing, four passing touchdowns. The defense for the Grizz gave up 409 rushing yards and 253 passing yards. That's something they'll have to correct in their Week 2 match as they welcome Aurora to Franklin College at 1.30 next week. The Hanover Panthers, they travel to center. And they won 10-7. Colton Richards had a passing touchdown to go with 148 passing yards. They'll travel to Olivet in Michigan next week for their second matchup. It's a 1 o'clock kick. The Manchester Spartans just lost to North Park 27-0. The Trine Thunder, like I mentioned earlier, they went to Anderson. They won 61-0. The Wabash Little Giants travel to Hampton, Sydney. They win 29-28. They'll take on Butler in Week 3 after a week off next week. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Minor League Baseball tonight. Indianapolis Indians drop a tough one to Buffalo, 7-3 the final with me. Their legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster, Howard Kelman. Howard, tough loss. I mean, it's just uh, no other way to, to put it. Just uh, not enough not enough uh, hits. Uh, and, you know, Buffalo's impressive in this win for the Indian, over the Indians tonight. Well, you're right, Bob. And the score was 7 nothing going to the ninth inning. And the Indians, in the first eight innings, only had three base runners total, two hits and a walk. In the ninth right. inning, they rallied. They scored three runs, Malcolm Nunez with a two-run double. But it was a really rough night. Jared Jones, the Indian starter, gave up four runs in the second inning, another in the fifth inning. He had a rough night, and he's a big prospect. And the only hope there is the fact that they scored those three runs in the ninth inning that maybe there'll be some carryover tomorrow because, Bob, this is the fifth straight day the Bisons have beaten the Indians. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. You think in you know, a series like that, you know, you're just going to get some things changed around. And uh, that's that's troubling, to say the least. Yes, and the Indians have been playing pretty good ball coming into this series. They played a really good Iowa Cubs team at Victory Field last week, and the Indians won four of the six games in that series. So they felt pretty good about themselves. Now, one big thing, their best player all year has been Miguel Andujar, and he got called up a few days ago by the Pirates. They selected his contract which is good. He deserved it. We're really happy sure. for him. But, but since then, the offense has been lacking. Yeah, I mean, you look at today's game, five hits and Buffalo gets ten. So I think uh, we can we can do the math there. And the you know, offense, you know, the offensive struggles continue. Uh, you, you can't put that much pressure on your pitchers to throw lights out every time they take the mound. Well, that's true, and the offensive struggles actually started yesterday because the Indians went down in order in the sixth through ninth innings yesterday after scoring some runs early. So in four of the five games in the series, the Indians simply have not hit. 
Now, they, they did hit a little yesterday early. They scored five runs early in the game. But mm-hmm. the way you're going when you're struggling, on the day you finally do hit, well, you don't get good pitching, mm-hmm. so you lose that game too. Well, no, that's true. That's true. Indians drop a tough one to Buffalo 7-3. to Howard, what's left on the schedule for these guys? Well, tomorrow, Cam Aldridge is the Indians' probable pitcher. Day game at 1 o'clock. The Indians will bus home after the game tomorrow in Buffalo, and they open up a six-game series, 6.35 starting time against Toledo at Victory Field. Tuesday, Bob, we have two homestands left, each of which is six right. games, the first of which is next week and then in three weeks against the Rochester Red Wings. So 12 home games left at Victory Field. Twelve opportunities for you to get to the gift store and buy Howard's book, 61 Humorous and Inspiring Lessons I've Learned from Baseball. You want a copy of it. It's wonderful. Howard, you make my weekend every week. I appreciate it. Have a great week. Thanks so much for the call. Bob, as always, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Howard. Howard Kelman, voice of the Indians. Indians lose uh, to Buffalo 7-3. to three. And, if you, you know, season's about to wrap up, so if you get a chance, weather's been great, get out to the ballpark and have some fun. When we come back, uh, we get a little short break here, and we'll come back and talk some more football uh, in the next hour. We'll continue to talk about college football. We'll talk about Purdue. Um, Rob Blackman will join us. We'll also spend some time wrapping up week number three of high school football with Paul Condry. That's coming up in the next hour. So, short break, we'll come back, talk some more ball on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. All right, Eddie Garrison. Let's talk about college football today. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Notre Dame. Um, did did Notre Dame didn't did they play today? They did. They played uh, Tennessee State. Tennessee State. How did that go? How come I haven't heard that score? What's uh, wrong with me? Tennessee State uh, lost to Notre Dame, fifty-six to three. Okay. Well, it's a you know uh, a game that I that, that Notre Dame should win, but you have to be concerned about uh, jet lag. I mean, it's real. Yeah. Uh, you know, on your trip back from Dublin, I mean, and uh, they were very impressive in in that win. So um, clearly, expectations are high as they should be. Uh, for this football team, so good yes. for them. So they, they have looked they, they really that, good uh, with Sam Hartman at well, quarterback. Sam Hartman uh, is the guy. They just uh, keep him healthy, and you know I think um, defensively they're really, really good. Uh, there are high expectations for them, and so good. That's good, and so it's always good to get a W. And we understand all that. Now you know we're at that point in the year too, where listen, you know your non-conference schedules. College football is such a – it's a crazy time for it right now. I mean, I i, I spent seven years working in the, uh, in the Horizon League running all of their basketball. So, you know, I, I understand I've, – I've been in meetings about expansion. I've sat around the table, talked with presidents, talked with – you go. I've, I've done all that stuff. Uh, my head would be spinning if I was involved <laughs> in this right now. I wouldn't. I would not know what to do. And I. And of course, it's about money. What, think about this. What isn't about money? 
I mean, everything in your in our lives is about money. So here's a shock. College football um, is about money. Uh, these are multi-million dollar operations. When you're an athletic director at, at you know a Power Five conference school, you're a CEO of a of a company. <laughs> you're oh, generating yeah. millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and that's what this is about. You can talk about all the educational values you want to. Let's be honest. That's what this is about. And so, you know, when you look at an Ohio State, they generated over two hundred and fifty million dollars in revenue a year ago. Mm. Okay, just mm-hmm. just so you know. Yeah. So that give it some perspective. Uh, so yeah, when you you know think about just uh, w- with Notre Dame flying to Dublin. Um, that's an expensive ticket right there. That that's a big check to write. You're gonna take, you know, probably have a travel party of at least, uh, you know, seventy five players plus. You you've got like a hundred and twenty a travel party of a hundred and twenty five hundred to hundred and twenty five people, uh, flying commercially, or even if you're not flying, you know, when you're flying from uh, Chicago to Dublin, that'll mm-hmm. cost you a lot of money. All right, Eddie, that means we get a chance to hear you in just a few seconds. We're back after the scoreboard update with the star of the show, Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison.